Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Guy. Well, hello, Tim. A man with whom I I work and play mm. when when the letter of the law allows. And we watch porn together, don't we, Guy? Well. Because the podcast insists that we must. Yes. Ideally, we watch porn um, thigh to thigh. But as, as current circumstance dictates today, we have watched porn... Um, Apart, but it's actually it's been a, well it's been one or two hot seconds since you and I uh, sat down and perused the human form. <laughs> perused <laughs> the human form, Jesus, thigh to thigh. Your turn of phrase at the intro of this particular episode is um, it's evocative. I'll give you that, but it's also disgusting. Oh come on now. Something come on thigh now! Thigh that really come set on me, me now! Set me, set me down the wrong path. We're Not so close intent. to finishing this season, man, and I'm so oh, happy about it. There's only a I, few Emmanuels left. Could I'm not be s- more excited, Tim. I, for one, am looking forward to watching some pornography on my own time. Yeah, it's an important lesson in life, I think, to not make every not make your passions work. Sometimes mm. it's good. But you shouldn't do it for everything. There should be some things that you do purely for your own enjoyment. Do you, do you, do you think that this season is, for a man such as you, who's obviously a huge, I believe the term phrase is, pornaholic, do you think yes. that mixing business and pleasure, as we have this year, has, has impacted your ability to watch porn in your leisure time? Guy, I am famously a uh, a little pig for pornography. I love <laughs> just like yeah. getting involved swimming in it. Can't get enough mm. of this stuff. And uh, this season has damaged some of those core tenets of my personality by yeah. introducing a, um, uh, what are they called? Perverse incentives for watching 
adult <laughs> cinema. And I don't like what it's done, so I'm I'm glad to see the backside of it. Mm. Speaking of backsides, there was a few in this movie. Unsurprisingly, there were. This is uh, chronologically in the Emmanuel through time series. This is the second. So wow, the third we really one we've watched up the um, really balls up the order on this one. Hey? I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. And it's uh, I am. It's going to assume it's a, a it's a pornographic Twilight parody. You don't have to assume anything, guy, because there's literally a line of dialogue in this film which says, "Eddie and Jacob, what is this? A live version of Twilight and a little bit of True Blood?" Oh wow, you missed it. You just saw it, dude. Well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's ridiculous, really. As soon as I keep calling that hot guy Jacob. Which they which we'd seen la- in the last one because we watched the final Emmanuel through time movie and they had some uh, cut down clips from it. But it's nice to see. It's actually nice to see those um, sex scenes really stretch their legs mm. and you know uh, be given the opportunity to to give us the opportunity to masturbate. It's good to get the context, is how I would put it. It's good to see the lead up, the introduction of us in this vampire world um, of skin and sin. Just made that up there. No one said that in the movie. I'm just throwing some slogans out there. But basically what's happened is we're in Emmanuel's airship, and it makes sense that this would be the second one in Emmanuel through time because they do give us a little bit more exposition for this sub-series of Emmanuel in that, well, correct me if I'm wrong, guy, because it is kind of confusing. I'm not sure if I've fully got my hands around it. But Emmanuel has, has a blimp of all her own, it is the Emmanuel.tv broadcast blimp. She is in there with some friends who assist her in the broadcasting endeavors. And uh, the blimp is, is it's been taken over by the military because they've got a secret operation involving a machine which harnesses an energy field because it requires a lot of energy to pull this particular mission off, which is they're going to travel through wormholes and they're going to do it from the power of fuck. It's, Yeah. Basically, and we'd sort of touched on this before, but yeah, there's a some sort of um, I don't know what they call it, but there's like an energy transmitter, or there's some huge core, a, gen- a generator. And, yeah, generator. And I I can't stop thinking about that, like because there are a few scenes where people had to masturbate or have sex around the generator, mm. and um, one in particular where Emmanuel has to do it because she has like she there's some weird alchemy in the way that her sexual energy sort of leaps from her body that means she's ultra powerful. She's super. But watching watching this actor um, pretend to masturbate next to this sort of big phony generator, I just couldn't help but imagine stepping on set the very first day and wondering whether or not their response was like, "Oh wow, that generator looks amazing. This looks so much like." You know, your traditional blimp generator. <laughs> or or if they stepped into the room and they were like, oh, oh, huh. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess we'll make this work. <laughs> because, like, the... I think uh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. They've well, got a bunch the, of kind of glow sticks, basically. A bunch of um, RGB glow sticks that can change color and light up. And that's sort of the extent. They've put it in a big cylindrical pattern. And they're like, yep, that'll do. And well, you the, know what? It does do. Yeah. It does do for me. The thing of it is that a blimp is quite an extravagant place for a movie to be set. And then, like, I, we've touched on it before, but just seeing it in an earlier 
chronologically in an earlier installment of the Emmanuel through time franchise, it's like these very clearly these clear warehouse rooms. Like later on in the film, we see there's a woman, an, another woman who's possessed by a vampire uh, lies. She's like overcome with. No, there's a, a vampire has, this is much later in the movie, and you'll have to excuse me jumping all over the place for the chronology. Spoiler alert coming up, everybody. A, a vampire stows away inside of a woman's vagina and um, sneaks onto the blimp, and then uh, like he breaks out of her vagina by sort of compelling her to lie down on this concrete floor in this warehouse, which is standing in for the generator room in the blimp and masturbating, and then in a plume of smoke, mm. he exits through her vagina and says, uh, it can get cramped, and it's a nice place to travel, but it can get cramped in there. Or, There's or, something um, real fucked up about a fully grown six foot yeah. man appearing out of that smoke. It's just like, oh man, this is gross. Yeah, but the the thing, I mean, there's obviously so so many avenues of conversation we could go down just from that sort of throwaway description of a moment in the film alone. But what I'm zeroing in on is the concrete floor that she lies down on to masturbate. I'm like, we are in a warehouse. Yes. And then all of the other sets, like I'd say four out of five sets are reappropriated room, room, rooms in the warehouse. And then one in five is um really intense green screen. Yeah. The other the other room in the warehouse that I loved as a standard was they had this great sort of stock footage of a, an old steam train. You know, we're meant to be in like 19th century Romania and we're mm. in a flashback. And I was like, wow, that train looks so good. I'm really transported. And the next scene is like them sitting next to two bits of plywood on either end of the shot, which <laughs> are meant to look like a train cabin. And it kind of works that the plywood is wiggling back and forth because yeah. a train is in motion and so everything is slightly in motion inside of a carriage. But also yeah. I was like, that looks so shit. Mate, they did well. I think they did really well. It reminded me of like a child science fair project that they've left till the night before and they've worked it up. And considering those limitations, they've done a great job. Yes. There is a scene underscored <laughs> by Debussy's Claire de Lune, which comes out of nowhere and is such a like high production value upmarket it, bit of music that you're like, what the fuck are you doing? It really here? like it really makes you sit, you know, it really makes you sit up and pay yeah. attention to the movie. It really it highlights the power of a, a, a a decent score. I will forever think of the um, the final scene in Ocean's Eleven when I hear that. Same man, and I just watched that again recently during oh. lockdown with Zoe. It's a so, fu- that's a fun movie. It really is. It's a, I think that's a movie that's good to watch about once every four years. Just have another little trip around the block. I couldn't agree more. But yeah, I mean, when that started playing, I thought maybe someone in my house was playing it outside of the. It's so incongruent with the rest of the movie. The masturbatorium like, where I've holed up. Um, right. But yeah, it was in the movie and they'd like talk about it. And he's like, she's, he's like, I wrote this a while ago. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, Claude. And he's like, Claude was a friend of mine. I wrote it. I let him take the credit. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, why not? You know? Yeah. 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 Have some fun with it, eh? And also it's weird because draw, that- draw attention to it as well. Like you're using it. Don't just let it pass everyone by. Point to the fucking thing that's happening. Run a highlighter over that classical piece that you've got in the porno, guys. It's a piece of music because generally when you hear those classical pieces in projects like this, it's because the music's gone out of copyright. But um, that piece isn't as old as – it's not like Beethoven level because Debussy no, no. was around in the turn of the 19th century, I think. 
Maybe it's out of the hundred years. Maybe that's what copyright is for music. Is that the rule for all music? Something fucked up like that. I think it used to be way shorter and then Disney changed it. Like all, all copyright used to expire something like 25 years after the, or, or maybe le- maybe it was like upon the death of the sort of author of the piece, whatever it was. Yeah. And then the Disney Corporation were like, nah, we could probably make more money if we completely rewrite that law and make it a century after their death. And what do you think about this rewriting of the law? Um, we all live in the mouse's house, guy. So it's irrelevant what I think. Well, I'm we not just going to get on change board. the law, but I'm like, I, I do you think that all music should be released from copyright and just free reign? The uh, the I guess um, aspirational filmmaker in me wishes that was true because as we saw in this movie, good music can lift any horse shit that you produce with a camera. Absolutely, but by rights, should you not also be able to protect your music from... Well, precisely. I just wish there was kind of an easier way to um, just, you know, do it in a reasonable way. Mm. There's mm. like, if it's, a, if it's a big booty bit of music, something that's semi-popular, you can pay, you know, like six figures, and then the artist, they do not get very much of that. The whole thing seems very strange and arcane and yeah. bad. And it's, a flawed, it's a flawed rule and a flawed system. But I don't know. Some, I I tend to think with those sorts of things when they're so complicated, I'm like, I guess that it, it exists like this for a reason. Everyone's always like, this is fucking stupid. Why is it like this? I'm like, I don't know. I assume there's probably some validity they, to it. Yeah, there's some reason like, for it. 120 years ago or whatever, they had to come up with a rule for it. But, you know, when we make decisions for our lives now, we don't think about the repercussions of them and obviously our lives are of such small influence holistically speaking but like when you make a decision now you don't expect people to abide the thinking of that decision 120 years from now that would be insane uh, yeah that's true what do you <laughs> i don't know really why you're putting us in the same bucket as claude debussy um, uh, claude debussy didn't make the rule i'm just saying this well, I'm just thinking in terms of like, you know, you're saying, oh, I guess the rule makes sense. And I mean, I guess it does. I haven't really given it any thought until this conversation now. But it's also, annoying, it's- though, because it stops us from doing cool things like using Ario Speedwagon's Live Every Moment uh, as, as a podcast theme legitimately. We'll do it illegitimately, but, yes. you know, we're not supposed to. No, but we're tiny little potatoes in the world of Ario Speedwagon. We are but grains of sand on an ocean of Ario Speedwagon. That's right. Yeah, that was, that was a nice little divergence from talking porn, talking, <laughs> talking, um, talking turkey. Um, what else happens? Oh, so back to your kind of scene discussion. Can I just bring this up, please? This movie, this fucking movie. I don't know if you would consider this like meta or just bad. But there's towards the end of the film, it's like they kind of stop caring, and suddenly you just start seeing light stands and undoctored green screens and microphones around, just in shot. Was that? But and it's how because the opening of this movie is uh, two of the characters who are on the blimp doing a direct to camera piece, which is kind of like a infomercial style thing. I forget what they're talking about now. Emmanuel, they're talking about, um, I don't know. It's re- like uh, one of my favorite things is the uh, the through line and like the presence of Emmanuel.tv and yeah. like 
What this is, is the confusing thing. What are the rules of the website? It's very hard to figure out because it's kind of like they do seem to acknowledge that they're making like a media product, television, movies, on the blimp and broadcasting that out. In which case, me seeing the lighting stands and the green screens is like, okay, so I guess this wasn't just a mistake or running out of budget. I guess like this is allowed. Yeah. But it's kind of a neat way to just stop caring about what you're shooting. It's gr- I mean, it's great. And, it's, you know, it's the beauty of putting it in the first scene. It's like, by the way, for all you train spotters out there, you aren't finding continuity errors. You're just finding yeah. out that this is set on a set. You're finding movie. There's so many <laughs> ideas in this film that are competing with one another. So we've got, like, wormholes, time travel, a discussion of um, quantum mechanics at the start, a la Schrodinger's cat. We've got a witch that can mind meld and body swap with Emmanuel. We've wi- got- uh, but she, she's described first as an empath, no? Oh, I missed that. I missed that They're line. like, she's an empath. This, this fucking franchise loves talking about empaths. Yeah, as though that they're this alien concept. Like, yeah, she's an empath. She can feel, she's got a real sensitivity for feeling how other people are feeling. <laughs> What a freak. And that's her weaponized superpower that means she can like mind swap and body swap and stuff, which, you know, she does to, to great effect. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to. So that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you remember. And the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com. 
com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. To get back to my list, we've got vampires. We've got a cool uh, bespoke country folk rock song that plays throughout the film, which oh, you see the, the duo uh, performing that. We've got television production taking place on a, bim- a blimp. We've got a single VFX shot of a witch around a fire, which juts out from the rest of the movie. So much. It's it's on par with hearing Claire de Lune in, in the middle of a train scene yeah, because the, a- the visual effects shot is really good and scary. Yeah, it's just to make sure you're still paying attention. It was fucked up. It was on screen for like five seconds. I kind of lost my places to exactly how it tied in there. But uh, it was genuinely terrifying. They did Not a great job on that. everything needs to tie in. They just need to show you what they can do. Um, we've got Eddie and Jacob. They are our core male protagonists, anti-heroes, if you will, in this film, and they're brothers, and they're vampires, and they love to fuck. Yeah, these vampires are so sexy. They're are you literally- team Eddie or team Jacob? I was team Emmanuel, man. I don't want either of those guys to have their wicked way with the world. But they're so sexy that literally when they walk into a room, um, it makes it makes all the ladies' knees knock. It makes they- female soldiers come in their pants, and they look. They t- <laughs> this was a real like this movie is, is um, directed by a man moment for me because they they orgasm in a very sort of male way. They like put their hands over their crotch like they're getting a boner and yeah, <laughs> sort of. Um, whimper over to the corner of the room. I love it. There's a real shame to the male orgasm. You mm. must, you must whimper. You must yes. cover yourself, and yes. you must hide yourself away. Exactly. And we should celebrate that shame in a porno. Well, it's just nice to see a bit of representation on screen, isn't it? Though, yet more women playing soldiers pretending to have a man's orgasm. What are the vampires trying to do? Are they trying to? Turn everyone to vampires? Traditionally, vampire lore is that they just want, yeah, vampires want everyone to be vampires. Although, um, Eddie kind of had, Eddie's the one who gets muddled up with Emmanuel, right? Uh, ah, fuck, I did have it before and I've he lost appeared, track. Like, no, he, Jacob's like the main one, isn't he? No, Eddie's the main one. Jacob's kind of the side piece. So Jacob, Jacob's guy with the long hair who's a bit of a ropey actor. Yeah, and he's kind of not as evil. Yeah, he's got his main thing is like a woman who looks a lot like Emmanuel made him a vampire 120 years ago. Looks a lot like Emmanuel. It was Emmanuel. They put her in a red dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, like in the world of the show, it wasn't actually Emmanuel. It was like some other person who just looked like her. Sure. Because he keeps being like, I need, you know. She she uses it. She's like, I feel like you got to find this woman who made you a vampire because you guys have got some unresolved shit to deal with. And he's like, yeah. So he's oh, got- now the ending makes sense. I forgot. <laughs> Did you watch right till the credits? Oh, no. I meant to tell you this before we started recording. I got like so close to the end, like three minutes from the end or four minutes from the end, the redheaded empath was doing something and then my link went dead. And I, I didn't see the last, like, two or three minutes of the movie. What, the f- what does that fucking mean, Guy Montgomery? The link went dead. It's the uh, internet. 
It means what I fucking said. It was three o'clock on the dot. I didn't want to be late to our record. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot on. And you, I, se- you sent me a message saying I'll be five minutes late. First and off. I was. And you still haven't seen the, the last three minutes of the film. Some of us are saving it. We're, I'm not ready to, for this movie to not be in my life anymore. Right. Well, in the lead up to the credits, in fact, I think spoiler, this is spoiler, one of, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. No, this is one of those during ahead. the credit scenes. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, they kind of have like a comedic moment where the Emmanuel looking character comes back and announces that she's pregnant with Eddie's child and she's been pregnant for a hundred years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's not very happy that it's his kid. Oh, really? They kind of play it for laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. Cause men, men hate responsibility. Men um, hate kids. Men hate having kids. Men hate finding out that a woman they had a one-night stand with 120 years ago is still pregnant with their progeny. If you hate finding out that you got a woman pregnant 120 years ago, you might just be a vampire. Yeah. Although, you know, at the risk of casting myself as some sort of meninist, I think you are in a position to ask questions. If a woman you had sex with 120 years ago shows up and says, hey, I'm pregnant and the baby's yours, I think... By rights, you can you can poke around and ask a few questions and say, now are we sure? Question number one, how old am I and how did I get to be this old? How did I yeah. achieve this? This is not my beautiful house. <laughs> you are not my beautiful wife. Um, man, I've said all I want to say about this movie except for one important, crucial part, Guy. It's so crucial that we get into this. In fact, it was so important when it happened in the movie, you messaged me about it. Oh. A witch gets fingered by a shadow. Yeah. Now, obviously, those of us who live on this ordinary mortal realm have not, presumably, I can't speak for you, Tim, had the experience of being jerked off, sucked, or fucked by a shadow. But, it looked kind of fun. It did. She was having a great time, really enjoying herself. And I think, um, isn't there a, a like a kid's book about a shadow like coming disconnected from a Yeah, yeah, someone loses their shadow. Yeah, imagine if you could um, ditch your shadow so you could it could have sex with you. This what? is harking back to our conversation is, in the last episode about um, if, having yeah, sex with if yourself. If you've got resistance to fucking yourself, yeah. how do you feel about fucking your shadow? How about your shadow, man? Tim, you got a big hang-up about having sex with yourself in a different sort of disembodied, but it is your body, but it's another other body form. What about your shadow, man? It's got so little detail. It's just a hot outline. Yeah. I say... Yes. Do you, I mean, what do you, like, are you, have you, do you find shadows scary or sexy? Uh, sexy do you not think really about shadows? Really hot. Yeah, you do? Really, really hot. Always have. What's Always your favorite have. kind of shadow? Um, the shadow of a woman. Yeah, nice, like a silhouette. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, boy, boys have shadows, but women have silhouettes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like if it's a boy, it's a dog, and if it's a girl, it's I like a cat. it. I like when you're watching a sports game at um, dusk, and then suddenly, all of a sudden, the light will be hitting the players. It's either, it's either natural light or the lights, but like they'll have four 
Shadows. No, that's natural light, guy. That's when the three other suns um, appear in the sky over Earth. And, and that's cast right, their yeah. Unique when those, those other stars well. get real close for a bit. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I like it when there's four shadows. And I'd love to see that sex scene. I'd like Dude, to see that... four shadows just <laughs> <laughs> gangbanging a dude. Whenever I see that on, because uh, I'm not a big sports fan, you you bloody love a bit of footy. You love watching the football. And whenever I see shots of um, soccer fields where it does have those incredible, because the, the shadows as well are like so crisp and precise because all the floodlights are like at these very exact angles. The, yeah, always, I mean, the, the, this is the thing. The technical setup of sports is actually right up your alley. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I can I can appreciate it for sure. But it always looks like um, a game to me. It always looks like FIFA. And by oh, FIFA, it, I mean like, like the FIFA the video actual games. event. Yeah, I'm like, well, this is clearly fucking CGI'd because the shadows are like too perfect. They're too geometrically spot on um, just because of where the floodlights are. It works yeah. me out. Imagine getting gang banged by four geometrically four perfect versions perfect, of yourself. Perfect shadow versions of yourself. Fuck yeah, dude. And that's a good time. That's how you get through lockdown. Yeah. You go out into the middle of an abandoned sports field that has all of its floodlights on. It's called NVIDIA Shadow Play, and I, everyone needs to get involved. It actually sounds like the sort of thing that would uh, appeal to... Ah, oh, perfect timing. <sighs> Come in. Boys, boys, boys. George, how the fuck are you? Never better, Tim, my man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Hey, you've got a real spring in your step, man. You've been uh, down in the dumps the last couple of times I've caught you, but you seem chipper and I'm so happy about it. I just heard you fellas talking about shadow play and I couldn't but help enter the room, so to speak. Well, wrap your filthy, decrepit mind around this, James Bond. A porno <clears throat> where in this world... You get to have sex with your shadow. A porno starring one person in their shadow. Not just their shadow, but their shadows, because this person is a professional soccer player. Oh, can I make suggestions? Please. What if um what if there were two teams and uh the opposing captains, they sort of, they despised each other, but beneath the the hatred, there was an underlying sort of respect. And the thing that they were most afraid of and detested was the fact that they saw a lot of themselves in one another. I like it. And I like a, it a lot. There's a big game and it's, um, well, there's, there's a lot of tension brewing, both uh, sporting and sexual. And the night before the big game, the two players, they, they show up to the stadium to to have a conversation about what's going to happen and the lights are on and they meet in the middle of the field and they're both surrounded by four of their own shadows. And the, the shadows disassociate from the physical body and all, all the shadows pair off and sort of start wrestling each other and the two sports captains just watch as their shadows wrestle. But at some point the, the wrestling goes from about 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 physical dominance to being more about sort of sexual enjoyment. Hell yeah, brother! Yeah, and the captains are like, "Whoa, all right, shadows, fucking each other's shadows." And the shadows it's... all look over their shoulders and they say, "Yeah, we fucking are." 
it's it sounds like a metaphor for something, but is it actually, or is it just some? It's mostly just shadows, fucking. Yeah, I think that the, here's what I love about it, George, so much is that in my mind's eye, I can see this being shot really like beautifully artistically because there's so much interesting creative work you could do with shooting the shadows that are fucking each other. Like that could be a really cool. Have you ever been to those puppet shows where they do like the silhouettes? Behind yeah, the curtain? yeah, I love those. I mean, we could have a lot of fun with this. A lot of fun. We're going to need some expert um, lighting people. I want. I want the I want the movie to end with the shadows fucking the people. You want the movie to end with the shadows fucking the people. Well, I do too. Uh, and I, I want I want some of the shadows to swap. So at the end of the movie, the captains have swapped shadows. So they're walking around with each other's shadows. Oh wow, that's um, that's such an interesting uh, little visual thing to have in the movie like a skinny a skinny man a skinny soccer player that's being trailed by a big fat shadow well a i different mean body type yeah yeah but, but i think one of them should be really fat and one of them should be really thin and it will it will make the sort of interplay all the more interesting and obvious it's your idea man i'm just i'm just pitching it really feels like it's your idea to be honest george you've contributed so much to this pod. it's a pretty specific thing i want to see it is and i'm here for it Because as we all know, when you let down your guard, when you go inside of yourself and you really hone down onto the specifics of what you want to see, that is the only way to truly achieve broad appeal. A universalism of humanity, sexuality, and shadow play. We shall name the movie Shadow Play 1. Because there's going to be a lot of these films. I love the confidence of naming the first entry in a franchise, Movie Name One. Yeah. I've never heard it done before except for Ready Player One. We're still waiting for Ready Player Two. Well, gee whiz, that was a hot collaboration. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go and um, rub my huge, long... (laughs) Erect penis. Okay, sure. I mean, the way that this used to work, and I know that we've sort of drifted a little bit through the season, but you used to fund some of these. Mm. <laughs> Do you? Is the checkbook coming out, or is it just the penis coming out? No, today? I think even the idea of this might be powerful enough to help relieve me of this painstaking oh, okay. erection. So I'm you don't gonna, need to see it. You just needed to map it out a little bit with me. I'm going to go and research if it's enough, and okay. I guess I'll see you next week, and I'll let you when know you how say, I did. Just one question before you go. When you say research this a bit, do you just mean have a wank? Yeah, I'm going to masturbate to the concept of shadow play one. And then have a think about whether or not you want to fund it after that with clarity of mind. Something like that, yeah. All right, George, great to see you. He seemed chipper. Yeah, he did. And full of ideas. It's nice to see him enthusiastic and contributing creatively, Mm. you know? Yeah, he can be a bit judgy. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of judgy, did you make it far enough in the film, Guy Montgomery, to get that little homophobic line at the end from? Oh Jacob yeah, and yeah. I, I, was, I, I saw it just after that. You mean when the the two the two brothers are walking away, and he's like, "When you look spark, when you're um, when I steam and you sparkle, it looks kind of gay." Yes, that's that's the reason why they have to get out of the sunlight, which is a real. Um, 
It's good Twilight. to know. It's I was going to say nod. It's not a nod. A nod is like there's some semblance of subtlety to it. This is a porn parody of Twilight. So I guess it's just a direct reference to what people were saying about the visual effects used ah. in Twilight. Combined with a little homophobia, wrap it up, put a bow on it, shoot the thing for the $25,000, release it as a DVD. Yeah. Emmanuel.tv. And if a few of our actors have to masturbate on a cold concrete floor in a warehouse pretending it's a room where they house a generator that's powered by sexuality on a blimp, then that's just the movie we're making. Um, Emmanuel TV is a Christian television network with headquarters in Lagos, Nigeria. It was founded by TB Joshua, pastor of the Synagogue Church of All Nations, in Lagos, Nigeria. Holy shit, that's a real catch-all title for a church. <laughs> Isn't it? you got to go big with these things. That's how you get the subs. Uh, it is also the most subscribed Christian ministry channel on YouTube worldwide, guy, with well over 1 million subscribers as of January 2019. Do you think the reason it has so many subscribers to this uh, broad Church of Christianity is because mayhaps the branding has led to a little bit of viewer confusion. I think that there are a lot of confused, horny fellows masturbating to sermons delivered from Nigeria. <laughs> Emmanuel, the the name Emmanuel is um, it's biblical. No, I have no idea. It is. I think. Like, I remember singing at my Anglican school. I remember sometimes I'd sing, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And I remember. It was our first episode. I remember you, go. you sharing that. Uh, so I can, I can see that, I can see that the, the name Emmanuel is shared by people of, um, well, who have different intentions. Um, I'm trying to read up on it now. I don't know if any of this leads to. Uh, it has no particular meaning in Jewish. Uh, messianism, by contrast, the name based on its use in Isaiah 7.14 has been come to be read as a prophecy of the Christ in Christian theology, where Emmanuel is translated God with us. Mm. So there you go. The more you know, eh? Because knowledge is power. The more you know. So it's of Hebrew origins, uh, just so we're all on the same page. Really, you know that the podcast is descending into the depth. When Tim Bat is researching on Wikipedia in real time for little tidbits to add to the episode, for he is so sick to the back teeth of this series, the softcore pornography series that he's engaged in. And Emmanuel's sexy bite, I wish it was the last one, but it isn't. We've still got a few more of these, these fucking things. You better believe it. Although, I will say this. Here's my shining light. You ready for it? It's a shining light so bright that if any vampire got in the way, they'd be fucking vaporized. Is it about vampire lore? Nope. Okay. Renee, again. Oh, you love Renee. Renee's so good. She's such a live wire. She is genuinely, by a country mile, the most charismatic character in all of these movies. She's just so horny and so doesn't really get what's going on. Constantly putting herself in. She puts herself in mortal danger all the time just to get a dick. And it's it just works. It works so well for this franchise. She rocks. I thought Emmanuel I tip my hat to you, Renee. I thought Emmanuel had actually quite a strong acting performance today. Yes, uh by um 
Can't well, remember. she's credited as Brittany Joy, I think, but her actual name is Allie Hayes. Her actual name is Britannia Joy. I, <laughs> uh, I, my shining light would be uh, the, there's like the there are two scientists who kind of run the generator, and uh, at one point one of them gets seduced by the sexy vampire and is in the throes of passion, and then the vampire gets clocked by her colleague, who I believe has a crush on her with a big book, or they might even be together. And then he looks at her and she's all naked and he's like, whoa, I'm horny. And then she like jumps up on him to express gratitude for saving her. And the poor fella just comes right in his trousers. Mm. And he is <laughs> embarrassed and is, annoyed. Is this your shining light? Yeah. Oh, man. Great little detail. It was funny. It was very funny. It was funny because she was apologetic about it. Yeah, she said sorry. Uh, it's fucked up, man. I wonder what wormhole will happen next in this exciting franchise. In fact, I'm going to look it up. What ones do we need to watch through this? Sex, Chocolate, and Emmanuel. Now, do you reckon that that could be a play on Chocolat? Because this came out in 2011. I can't remember when that Johnny Depp bloody mum fest came out. I didn't see Chocolat. Me neither. Uh, I mean, possibly. It does feel like the the movie's willing to parody anything at this point. Chocolat came out in two thousand, bruh. It's too it's too late. Maybe, but what else is it? <laughs> Do you know it would be great if it was a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory style affair <laughs> for Emmanuel through time. And they had to they like won a golden ticket from this this very elderly man who is famed as the world's greatest lover. Oh. In fact, get George back in here. Is he still around? No, I can see him. Can you just can you George just yell? Thanks. You got a louder voice. What? Tim wants, got another porno to pitch. Tim wants to talk to you. Hey, excuse me. Hi, George. Nice to see you. What's with the sigh, man? I thought you loved all this stuff. I told you expressly I was going to try and masturbate. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But I think this is going to help. You've got no respect for boundaries. No, listen to me. I've got a good idea. You listening? This better be good. Get a pen. Write this down because this is this is pretty hot shit. Ready to write. A pornographic version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You've seen it with Gene Wilder. You've seen it with Johnny Depp. Now experience it with balls, boobs, butts, and dicks, and vaginas thrown around in your face. You pulled me out of the bushes for this. (laughs) Wow. You haven't heard the best bit. So here's how it works. Seven golden tickets have been hidden in condoms that are distributed around the world from the Trojan Company that makes condoms. Still to this day, cannot get over how ill-named that company is. But it quite works for this premise because they're sneaking something in uh, to the package. So we get seven sexy winners who um, have to come to the fuck factory with Willy Wonka. Get it? Because he's got a big dick. Yeah, and it's, uh, but it's wonky. Yeah, it's all wonky, yeah. Yeah, so Willy Wonka is an elderly man uh, who sort of he is world renowned for mm. his fucking. Yeah, great. He's famous for fucking. He's famous for fucking and for making condoms. Got, his real name is Robert Smith, but everyone started calling him like the Willy guy Wonka. from the Cure. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no relation. Oh, wow. He must get that all the time. He really does. It was part of the reason he embraced the nickname other people gave him. Um, sometimes that can be awkward, but he was like, God, anything to get me away from you this. You know, I love the cure. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Well, interestingly, I was thinking that that would be kind of a funny uh, referential point to soundtrack the entire film with the Cure songs. Oh, wow. It's not especially yeah. horny music, but I mean, I <laughs> no. artistically, I like it on principle. <laughs> Sick ass. Well, the whole thing's shot in black and white, so I hope you like that as well. And we're going to follow um, the you know same beats as the original Gene Wilder version of the movie based on the Roald Dahl book. So the horniest adult with the best impulse control gets the condom factory. <laughs> yes, that's right. And they have to go through a lot of trials and tribulations. Um, there is a river of lubricant, which they go on a, um, a vagina boat. They ride through it. And uh, you know that crazy tunnel scene? Yeah. That's real like psychedelic and quite terrifying. Um, so, and, and that, and our version of it, you're entering a big butt. Oh, that's fun. But in the vagina. Oh, wow. It's confusing too. <laughs> yeah. And all the imagery is like these slightly horrifying, but still horny three-dimensional tits and cocks just coming at you and tongues and all sorts of freaky Man, 3D this shit. Is so full on. I had a real good buzz going in that bush and now I feel totally overstimulated. It's it's like going to a Chemical Brothers concert, man. Like it's a lot of projections. It's a lot of the cure turned up very loud, and it's a lot of body parts flying at your face. Can we just bookmark this? I just I don't feel like I've got the capacity to discuss it. No, I think we need to delve more into it. So, like in the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all of these kids are caught in a, they're, they're sort of caught up kids. Um, and caught out. <laughs> No, we've got adults, but I'm saying in the original version, it's kids in our version. Seems important. Exclusively. But in the original version, as you know, all the kids are sort of, um, they find their downfall with their sort of sin or weakness that they particularly suffer from. Uh, Gluttony, laziness. Yeah. The other one. Selfishness. Envies in there, maybe. So we have adult versions of this in the different fuck environments. Um, where they're all being taken down by um, their their personality defects one by one, and there's also a um, somewhat large uh, winner who gets stuck in a tube, just because that's I think an interesting thing to put in a movie and to reference back to the original film. Yeah, great. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much where I've got to. Okay. Black and white, Willy Wonka, um, The Cure. Uh, it's adults. Can't stress that enough. Yeah. Feels like a uh, really good idea. Bit of a work on for me. Okay. I'm, I probably should have quit while I was ahead. Well, huh? I'm still really deep in the whole shadows thing. Yeah, right. I feel I'm, right. Um, Shadow play one was pretty fucking good. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm running around the street trying to get the light to hit me at the perfect angle. So, uh, Okay. I, I'll bid you adieu. Okay. Wow. Mm. The longer you spend with him, the more confusing he becomes. Yeah, I know. I really thought he'd be into that, but he really kind of he didn't enter into it, into the spirit of it. <laughs> yeah, he's a real prick. <laughs> but it, but a cure fan, which was helpful. Not for nothing. 
Um, Guys, I think it's probably time for us to put a bow on this. Um, I'll just tell you right now, Inspector or none, no boner. Didn't happen, not going to happen. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I, I think, I don't know where the inspector is, but I, I also didn't get a boner. Like, honestly, it's nice to watch this movie in higher definition. The idea of arousal was so far from my mind. I got horny for the pixels. I got horny for seeing more resolved lines of pixels. Horny for modern technology. Mm-hmm. And that is the most Timbat thing I've heard. Picture clarity, my man. Yeah, brother. That's what it's all about. You say it how you see it. So there you have it, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed our little jaunt a lot more than we did watching the film itself. Uh, just to let you know what we're doing over it on our Patreon um, we've accidentally engaged in a triple feature of She's Blank Blank because I kind of fucked up. So we watched She's, she's the Man starring the man, Amanda Bynes. And then She's All That. And next? And then next we're going to be watching He's All That very soon. The Netflix reboot that literally nobody asked for. And that has absolutely nothing to do with She's the Man, which... Anyway, listen and, and you'll um They've both got it out. uh he's in the title. Yeah, they've got pronoun. It's the pronoun trilogy. <laughs> it's the worst study of pronoun trilogy. All right, everybody. We're getting the fuck out of here to get on with our lives. Mm. Thanks for joining us. Mm. Can't wait to end this mini series this this fucking season of the podcast. Mm. You got anything you want to say to the good people while we're here, guy? Fuck no. You? Yeah. Good on you, brother. Fuck you guys. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.